So welcome to the Women's Football Podcast. I'm Luke Edwards here to look at all the latest action in the women's game. Coming up, the deep freeze put paid to a lot of games this weekend. However, we'll look at who are like a big bouquet of red flowers and who are like a last-minute buy from the petrol station. Bronze put City into silver as they claim Derby Day delight and Chelsea put in a five-star performance as they blow away the Robins. And she's back after her rest last week is former Aston Villa and FA media officer and our very own women's football podcast, Bouquet of Red Roses. It is Emily Lyles. Hi, Emily. Hi, Luke. You are far too kind. And also joining us is our own, very own bargain basement last minute by it's Liv Griffiths. Hi, Liv. Hey, girl. How you doing? <laughs> good, good. So we'll start off with Friday night action in the WSL. It was the Manchester Derby. City played host to United and it was United who left feeling blue as Gareth Taylor's men claimed all three points. We see bronze open the scoring midway through the first half as United again failed to deal with a set piece. And then a defensive mix-up saw Lauren Hemp add a second and then a lovely lobbed finish from Caroline Lear put the gloss on the victory. And City, it was, a, it, was a, it was a really good victory, wasn't it, for Manchester City and a really comfortable one as well. Yeah, it was, Luke. And I think it, it's again, I know we've spoken about this a lot recently with Manchester City, but it's again another real statement of intent. I think a lot of people have spoken about the mistakes that United made, particularly at the back, around some of the goals, around some of the chances. But I think a lot of the time what gets forgotten is that they've been forced into those because for a lot of the game, Manchester City were very, very dominant. Um, they've got some fantastic players that I think come to the fore. You only have to look at the likes of Lucy Bronze, absolutely world-class. And yeah, they're looking really, really good, aren't they? And, and I think it, it's, it's a huge, huge result. And it will be interesting to see long-term if that has an impact on United as well, because it's obviously a comprehensive defeat. It's really disappointing for them. Um, and you just hope really for their sake that they can pick it up and, and keep their own title challenge alive. Yeah, ominous signs for the rest of the pack, isn't it? I mean, what a goal as well from Caroline Weir. Fantastic. I mean, I haven't actually seen her score any sort of like tap in. It's always a world-class strike. It's just, I feel like in this league, we're very lucky to come across someone who's very technically gifted like Caroline is. And that sort of goal that she scored is something you only dream about doing on the training ground. You just, you never expect in a full match, like a Manchester derby that you would get away with. I mean, the audacity of it, it was just absolutely world-class, fantastic. For United though, Emily, it was three preventable goals, wasn't it? And that's what will disappoint Casey Stoney the most. Definitely. And I know that was what she very much alluded to at full time in, in all her sort of post-match media, that we need to get rid of these mistakes and quickly because it's a cliche, but at this level, you can't get away with any form of mistakes. And I think they haven't struggled in many games this year, United, but those that they have, a lot of it can be put down to individual error or, or general kind of errors, a catalogue of errors within their team play. And, and that is that's a real shame. Yeah, and it's also two games without a goal now as well. And um, there is some concern amongst the, the United faithful on Twitter now that that is potentially the title gone and they'll be worried. They'll, be, they'll have to have their eyes over the shoulder now to, uh, to make sure they don't lose third place. I mean, they're always going to feel like that after three games without, well, it hasn't been a win for them for a while. But I, I don't think they should lose faith completely. I mean, they are still up there. There's still a really nice gap between them and Arsenal as well for that top three position. Chelsea have still got to play Man City in April. So, you know, they could both lose points there and you can make up the ground. So 
I understand that the United faithful, they're very like, you know, they want to win it all, but sometimes you just need to be a bit realistic and perhaps this is just one season too early for them to win it. Yeah, there's a lot of chat as well on Twitter about the, the fact it was played on a Friday night and what a good thing it was because there's not many sort of English football matches played on a Friday evening. There's no Premier League matches. Usually there is the odd one. And um, there was a lot of response from, I think it was a communications manager at BT Sport. He just tweeted back, we noted, because everyone's saying how good it was, which meant more people watched it and how accessible it was to, to actually watch the game. And it might be something that the WSL needs to consider going forward now, Friday night fixtures. Yeah, I think it's a really, really good shout because I think actually it's a really appealing time for when we can go back and get back into stadiums for people to go to a game too. You know, I know that obviously traditionally women's football would attract, I appreciate it's a lot broader now, but would attract a family type of audience. But if it was, say, a seven o'clock kickoff or something like that, as it was the other night, then, you know, that's pretty appetising for people. And and then you look at it from a broadcast point of view, and it, it's it's brilliant, because I guess on the flip side of that, moving forward, if we are still going to be restricted for, for the foreseeable future, it's brilliant entertainment for people. Um, and yeah, it's certainly something to look at, because I think there's no harm in trying anything like that. Let's move on and look at Chelsea. They travel to bottom side Bristol City in a dress rehearsal for the Conti Cup final and next month. Bristol have been in good form recently, as we well know, but it was another comfortable victory for the Blues. Two goals from Frank Kirby and one from Pernod Harder. The Blues 3-0 up at half-time. Second-half goals from the Australian Sam Kerr and Bethany England completed the job. And after last week's shock defeat, that's back-to-back wins now. They had a midweek victory over Arsenal. And as well as this weekend, with that victory over Bristol City, they haven't conceded a goal in those two games as well. And that takes a lot of metal to do that, doesn't it? Absolutely. I think Emma Hayes has made her point to the girls saying that after the Brighton defeat, we need to step up and they've just come at it 150 miles an hour. I actually was thinking to myself before the game even kicked off, you know, when I saw the team sheets, are we looking at arguably one of the best teams in the world with Chelsea right now? Because the players that they have, even, you know, not just the starting 11, but their substitutes on paper against Bristol, this was always going to be a high scoring game. You know, I, I would have expected, well, I wouldn't have expected Bristol to get anything out of it. And to be honest, the margin doesn't really speak a whole lot of how good Chelsea were. They were just even three, four nil up. They just wanted to go for it constantly. And that's the difference. See, when you have a champion's mindset, you do look at things as every goal is going to count because you could be looking at the last day of the season drawn for points. Now that goal difference is really going to help them. Yeah, it's a fearsome front three, isn't it, with Kerr, Kirby and Harder. And then obviously you've got Beth in England in there. He maybe doesn't get the credit as much as the other three. Yeah, 100%. And it, and it feels crazy sometimes when you say the likes of Bethany England don't always get into that starting eleven. The squad in general across the board, as Liv alluded to, is very much like that as well. It's frightening. And, and it's a great shout, actually. I think sometimes when... When it's a team in England that we watch all the time and have the privilege of watching all the time, you don't always appreciate how good they are because you always think, well, in Europe, you've got the likes of Leon, PSG. But actually, right now, I think you'd struggle to, to find a better team than the way Chelsea are performing or certainly have done throughout the season. Yeah, also good news for Chelsea over this last week was Sophie Ingalls signed a new two-and-a-half-year deal. Brilliant news for that, Chelsea. She's a real leader, the captain as well of that team. 
I feel like Sophie Ingle really goes under the radar in terms of, you know, sort of how important she is to that team. She's very underrated, in my opinion. She's very good in the Wales setup. And you can just tell that, you know, she has this really good relationship with the other players. And she scores some absolute beasts of a goal. Um, So she's only going to get better with her game. And I think Emma Hayes looks at her and thinks, you know, with the likes of Ericsson, Sophie Ingle is probably captain material. So it's fantastic news for them and um, really happy for her to get another contract. In terms of Bristol, though, they can't afford to be downhearted, can they? I mean, these aren't the games that are going to keep them up ultimately, is it? No, and, you know, I didn't see all the game, but I was following a, a little bit on Twitter and you saw some of the reporters at the game were tweeting that it could have been five or six nil in the first 10 minutes. And I think that in itself probably tells you all, all you need to know. And they won't be feeling like that tonight, I know, but ultimately to keep it to, to the scoreline they did probably wasn't a bad effort, really. And you're right, that's certainly not a game that's going to dictate if they stay in the division or not. And also, Emily, good news for Ebony Salmon. She was called up for the Lionesses squad for the first time by interim boss Heger Reese, And she's been a real bright spark for them in what's been a difficult season. She has indeed. I mean, she's someone that's that's obviously been on the radar, been in the England set up various guises throughout recent years and, and very, very highly rated player. And it's great that she's got that opportunity. And, you know, it's obviously going to be a game opportunity for her, a, t- a time to train with those squad members. Obviously, she's, she's playing in a team at the moment that's been struggling, albeit with a little bit of form recently. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a brilliant opportunity and it just shows, doesn't it? It doesn't matter sort of how your team are faring that from an international point of view, the managers are looking all the way down at individual performances, which is which is really pleasing. Yeah, the only other game in the WSL today was Reading. They, Reading against Everton. That was at the Majeski Stadium. And in the end, both sides cancelled each other out as Reading drew at home once again. Rachel Rowe volleyed into an open net after the ball had ricocheted off Daniel Carter's head. But Nicoline Sorensen rescued the points for the toppies 13 minutes from time with her first goal since October. And Liv, yet another draw for Reading. It'll be frustrating for them, won't it? As they, as they also missed a chance to leapfrog Everton. Yeah, they need to get out of that stadium. There's some bad voodoo going on in that stadium because they just can't seem to pick up three points there. You know, we were talking last week about how great their away record is, but at home against teams like Everton, you do expect them to be coming out for three points and it's really disappointing for them, especially because Everton haven't been at their best that we've seen them at the beginning of the season. I just feel with Redden, all the quality they possess in that midfield... It's just the end product at the moment. I feel like they're just missing that spark. Don't get me wrong. I think Danielle Carter is a fantastic player and she was part of the reason why they got that goal today. But you just wonder whether they could get like a hidden gem, like like an Ebony Salmon, who's going to, you know, be pacing themselves down and, and taking taking on shots because they're just, they're just not firing, in, in my opinion. And, you know, it's one too many draws. I think they've got the most draws of any of the teams this season. Absolutely, yeah. They, they do seem to just draw every week, don't they? But in terms of Everton, Emily, great news for them. Izzy Christensen's also signed a new two-and-a-half-year deal over this last week at Everton. And Willie Kirk said that she's raised the standards since she's arrived from Leon. She's ambitious. The club are ambitious. So they'll want, she'll want more from her teammates now, won't she? Yeah, she will. And I was absolutely delighted to see that she'd signed as well, Luke, because 
I think what we want to see across the league as much as possible are your top players playing across the league rather than, you know, sort of for your top two or three teams, which, which you can see sometimes. And I know you can see that sort of across all levels of football or levels of sport, really men's or women's sport. So yeah, it's brilliant news for them. Um, she's a great personality, a top class player. Um, and yeah, you, I think long-term you just hope that, that it will all click for her, click for them. And then we'd have, we'd certainly have a stronger WSL for that. Brilliant. Well, let's move on to the championship now. Just two games survived in the division, but there were 10 goals in those two games. Crystal Palace hosted the London Bees, and it's been a bad week for the Bees as they part company with manager Lee Birch during the week. And it didn't get any better for them on Sunday as the Eagles took all the sting out of the Bees and ran riot in the first half as Bianca Baptiste opened the scoring on 20 minutes with a lovely run and curling finish. And then it was Baptiste again who caused havoc as her shot was saved and Coral Jade Haynes tapped home before both Baptiste and Haynes added another goal as between them as well. They were on hat-tricks after just half an hour. It was a quiet second half, but Kate Natkeel added a fifth 11 minutes from time. Emily, are you surprised to see Lee Bench, Lee Birch dispense with this week? Yeah, I think so, Luke. Because again, I suppose there's never an expected time for something like that. But I think given sort of where we are at the moment, um, everything going on in the world, it, it does seem a, a sort of slightly strange, strange time and a slightly strange decision. And, and I think like you obviously look at where they are, like all teams really in the league, they're all kind of still in the mix. You know, it's not looking completely devastating, although I do appreciate London Bees have played a few games more than those around them, and um, which might be the concern. Um, but yeah, then I guess you look at the result today and I guess you question, was it right that they did need to change or was it wrong that they have? So it's, it's, it's a really, really difficult one and obviously a very difficult week for them. I'm just glad we didn't have Helen Ward on this week. That's all I can say. I don't think she'd have. Uh, I don't think she'd have turned down our. She'd have turned down our invite. I think, wouldn't she? If we'd have invited her on this. Hundred percent. I would not want to come on after that. It's such a shame as well because they were in it for the first twenty minutes, but they just completely imploded. And I think once you once you go three four nil down, it's really hard to pick up that mentality um, just to sort of stay into a game. I do feel like you know the game probably doesn't flat it's not a flattering scoreline and perhaps they didn't really deserve to lose 5-0 because as i said there were periods of the game where they did they were pretty strong in terms of crystal palace though a massive boost for them that win has moved them eight points clear of the bees and bianca baptiste at the minute emily she's a woman in farm isn't she She's unbelievable. You know, she, she, I believe she had a hand in all five of the goals, whether that's assisting or scoring them, which is unbelievable, really. I mean, she's been a highly rated player for a long time, um, has done well wherever she's been. And, and obviously he's absolutely flying at Palace as well, which I think she's one of those players, actually, that seems to be a really strong championship player, you know, does really well in that league. Um, and, it, and he's clearly very, very settled where she is in South London at the moment. In the other game, Lewis welcomed London City Lionessa to Sussex in what turned out to be a dramatic day at the brilliantly named Dripping Pan Stadium. Lewis took the lead through Ini Abazi Umatong's first goal for the club since joining them from Swedish side Vaxo DFF last month. 
The Lionesses roared back, though, with Atlanta Primus equalising before Cali Balfour scored an absolute wildy to put them ahead. But it was Umatongi who pegged them back again from the spot before a last-minute winner from Ellie Mason saw the visitors take all three points in what was a ding-dong game. And after a dreadful start, what a season the Lionesses are having. They now move level with Liverpool, albeit having played two games more. Over five million homes are at risk of flooding, yet many people don't realise they're in danger. Even if you've never been flooded before, it can happen to you. Protect your family and home. Prepare, act, survive. Prepare a bag including medicines and insurance documents. Act by moving important items upstairs or as high as possible. Survive by listening to emergency services. Search what to do in a flood and sign up to flood warnings on gov.uk. Now, Emily, Heger Reese has announced her England squad. And as we mentioned earlier on, Ebony Salmon is a new face in it. There are some familiar faces in there, though, including seven from Manchester City, eight if you're including Jill Scott. But surprisingly, only one from Manchester United, Ella Toon, who's been called up for the first time. And there's also no place for Beth Mead. Reese has said her form hasn't been that great. What do you make of the squad? Yeah, I mean, the Beth Mead decision really surprised me, to be honest, Luke. Um, I... I was quite surprised as well at the sort of explanation for that, that like you say, her form hasn't been great. Um, effectively, her stats don't add up, which, look, I, I, I mean, appreciate. Considering Jill Scott's in the squad as well, Emily, and she hasn't played much, it does it does ask questions, doesn't it? No, it does. And I think someone like Beth Mead, again, like she's she's done very, very well for a long time. She's performed for England for a long time. She was obviously very popular, um, a popular choice and a popular player under Phil Neville. So, yeah, it is. It is really, really surprising. And I think, like you say, it was almost the the sort of explanation of why rather than the fact that she wasn't selected. Um, but aside from that, I mean, obviously, there's a really, really good opportunity there for Hannah Hampton in goal, which is exciting. Um, Lottie Wubben-Moy, you know, there's a real kind of youthfulness to the squad at the same time, which is brilliant. And I think it's great because something that England have done well in recent years, I think, is mix that sort of experienced crop that you're always going to have there, the ones that are going to go to your major tournaments while also bringing through youth. And it's great that that is evident within this latest squad. Yeah, Olivia, are you surprised that there's not more Man United players in the squad? Obviously, Lauren James isn't in there. She was in last time, but she's out injured this time. Are you surprised that somebody like Leah Galton's not been picked? I am, but then I'm kind of a big believer in too much too soon. She's been fantastic this season, but perhaps, you know, her as a person, she just wants to develop really well for her club. And then when she starts to sort of become that prolific player that she wants to be, then she'll want to have England knocking on her door. I think, you know, we have to be realistic in thinking that the squad that's picked this time with the Olympics coming up, is she realistically going to be picked? Probably not. I just think perhaps it's just too much too soon. Um, I was, I kind of expected everyone who was picked to have been picked. And the only thing I could think with that player sort of idea for Beth Mead was that it was on club, not club level, but international level. Perhaps there was something within the international setup that she just wasn't very happy with. But yeah, it sounds like you, they're all playing top trumps and it's whoever's got the highest uh, highest number gets to play. It was just very baffling sort of comment to make. Yeah, they play Northern Ireland a week on Wednesday and Northern Ireland have named 
seven changes to their squad. Everton striker Simone McGill is one of those to come in. But the sisters Kirsty and Caitlin McGuinness miss out as well. And a really good preparation this game for Northern Ireland uh, for the European Championships. And and as for Wales, well, they've just picked Reading squad, basically, haven't they, Liv? Why wouldn't you? It's the, it's the best squad in the world. <laughs> Wales is starting 11 is pretty much the whole Reading number 11. It'll just but, yeah. finish 1-1 then, won't it? Nah, nah, <laughs> not at all. We'll get the wins, 100%. Mark my words. Finally, Burnley, the latest club to announce the coming together of their men's and women's teams with plans to professionalise their women's team. It represents a vision of new American owners, ALK Capital. And he got a thumbs up from Sean Dyche. He said they want to make a difference. The first one is the women's team, and it's a great step forward for the club. The club are currently in the National League North and have set a target of reaching the championship by 2025. Emily, we saw this with Charlton recently. Watford have done the same, now Burnley. This is really encouraging news, isn't it? It is, Luke. And I think what, what's really exciting about the noises coming out of Burnley is there's kind of realistic goals there as well. As you say, reaching the championship by 2025, there's a building process in place there. They know that they need to get things implemented in order to do it properly. And I think that that's, that's really, really good to see. And also, I think it sounds as if it's been planned correctly. It will be done properly. It's not something that they've just done as a reactive because it's the right thing to do. As you say, the likes of Sean Dyche have backed it, the club, and, and things that Burnley tend to do anyway tend to be done in the right way, as we know they're very successful at what they do on the men's side, aren't they? So, yeah, it's, it's brilliant and it's fantastic and all the best to them. Is 2025 really an ambitious target, though? They are only one division below the championship. I know, obviously, this season looks like it might be null and void, but they only need to have a good season next season and they're in the championship then. Yes, but as we're witnessing with the championship, it's anyone's game at the moment. You expected a team like Liverpool for the stature that it is to come straight back up into the Women's Super League. And, you know, it might be too soon to say, but it's probably not going to happen. So I think 2025 is more than realistic just to sort of get a feel for it, almost like dip their you know toes into the water and get a feel for what championship football feels like. And also it kind of takes away that extra pressure on the new team, on the new coach that will come in if they make changes to their squad. And um, yeah, I, I think it's a good goal to aim for. Yeah, that is it. There, I mean, there are no there are no WSL and championship fixtures next weekend. So we may look to do some sort of a special. So stay tuned to find out what we do. Emily, Liv, thanks very much for joining us. No worries. It was worth cancelling Valentine's Day for. Well, absolutely. Thank you. I mean, it was great spending it with uh, with me and Emily, wasn't it, in the end? Honestly, you guys are the love of my life. So I see you more than I see anyone else these weeks. <laughs> it, do, it, do, it does feel like it, to be fair, doesn't it? So <laughs> I just feel like I've met you, but I haven't met you. It's crazy. We're just pure yeah, love. We've not we've not met in the flesh yet, have we? No, not yet. It's, it's on the horizon. Maybe twenty twenty five. Yeah, like to celebrate, celebrate Burnley getting promoted to the championship. Yeah, exactly. Let's do it then. <laughs> Brill. Well, that is it. Thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to give us a follow on Twitter at TWFP1. On Instagram, it's the Women's Football Podcast. And subscribe to us via all good podcasting platforms. Until then, look after yourselves and we'll see you all very soon. 